0: Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, Day 9. Do you ever ask yourself the question, if there is a God, why is there so much suffering and injustice in this world? Why is there so much bad things going on? Why does it seem like bad people get good things? Our Bible passages for today show us that in the end, God will put things right and all we need to do is put our trust in him and trust God to put things right.
1: Vivre and I enjoy doing crosswords together. When we get stuck on one clue, we don't give up. We move on to the next clue. Every time we find an answer, it helps us in resolving some of the other clues. In the end, we're sometimes able to solve most of the puzzle. In a way, reading some of the difficult parts of the Bible is like trying to solve a crossword puzzle. Rather than getting bogged down in a tricky section, you can use the passages you do understand to help you resolve some of the more difficult ones. Often, I find it hard not only to understand some of the difficult passages in the Bible but also to understand why certain things are happening in our world. There seems to be so much injustice, and there are no easy answers. I love the second great rhetorical question from yesterday's passage. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? One thing you can be sure about is that on the last day, when all is revealed, you will see God's perfect judgment, and everyone will say that is absolutely right. Each of today's passages tells us something about the fact that in the end, God will put things right.
0: From Psalm 7. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. Bring to an end the violence of the wicked, and make the righteous secure. You, the righteous God, who probes minds and hearts. Trust that there will be a just judgment. Some people
1: might think that belief in a God who judges would lead to more violence in the world today. In fact, it's the opposite. When people stop believing in God's just judgment, they may be tempted to take it into their own hands and seek revenge against their enemies. David trusted that there will be a judgment, that God will be the judge, and he will judge justly. My accusers have packed the courtroom. It's judgment time. Take your place on the bench. Reach for your gavel. Throw out the false charges against me. I'm ready, confident in your verdict. In other words, David trusted that God would deal with his enemies. If you believe in a God who is going to execute judgment with perfect justice, then you can leave it in his hands and do what Jesus told you to do love your enemies. In fact, as Miroslav Wolf put it, the practice of non violence requires a belief in divine vengeance. So many of the world's problems today would be solved if people believed in the fact that there is a God who judges justly and that we can trust him to put things right in the end. Lord, I take refuge in you. Thank you that as I can be confident in your perfect judgment, I need never seek revenge, but rather love my enemies and pray for those who persecute
0: me. New Testament from Matthew 7 and 8 Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not As their teachers of the law. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such faith. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would and his servant was healed at that moment. Trust in Jesus, to whom God has entrusted all judgment. Jesus
1: knew all about building houses. He was a craftsman by trade and had worked as a carpenter. The illustration he uses is down-to-earth and practical. Two men who each decide to build a house. No doubt they intended to live in and enjoy them, perhaps with their families. Both were building something of long-lasting significance. Our lives are like these houses, yet their significance is for all eternity. The most important feature of any house is its foundations. These houses differed little in appearance, but only one had its foundation on the rock. Similarly, two lives can look alike, but the difference in the foundations is evident when, inevitably, the storms of life come you will face challenges in life. They will come in many forms, misunderstandings, disappointments, unfulfilled longings, doubts, trials, temptations, setbacks, and satanic attacks. Success, too, can be a test. There's also pressure, suffering, sickness, bereavement, sorrow, trauma, tragedy, persecution, and failure. Ultimately, All of us will face death and God's judgment. The image of rain, torrents, winds is used in Ezekiel to refer to God's judgment. But the language of judgment is not confined to the Old Testament. Here and elsewhere, Jesus warns of the coming judgment, as do the other New Testament writers. When the rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. The house built on the rock did not fall. But the one built on the sand fell with a great crash. These are solemn words of warning. The trial may be during this life or it may come on the day of judgment. What is certain, according to Jesus, is that it will come. However, you need not live in fear. It's not easy, but there is a way to be sure that when the foundations of your house are tested, they stand firm. It's possible to know that your future is secure. Jesus tells us that the key difference is that the wise man not only hears the words of Jesus, but he also puts them into practice. The foolish man, on the other hand, although he hears Jesus' words, does not put them into practice. Knowledge must lead to action. Our theology must affect our lives, or else we are building our lives on sand. The words of Jesus are, first of all, a call to believe in him. Our salvation is by faith in Jesus, lived out in obedience. You can have absolute confidence in Jesus' judgment because he has the authority of God himself. Jesus was amazed at the centurion's faith in him. He said, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. The evidence of this faith came because the centurion believed that Jesus' word alone was sufficient to heal his servant. His rationale for believing this is profound. The centurion recognized that as in the army, authority comes from being under authority. So Jesus' authority comes from being under the authority of his father. The centurion saw that when Jesus spoke, God spoke. Furthermore, this perfect judge is not aloof from human suffering. We know Jesus experienced injustice, imprisonment, torture and crucifixion. But in this passage, we see that he also experienced homelessness and bore the weight of our sickness and suffering on the cross. There is little in human suffering that Jesus himself did not experience. Father, thank you that not only is Jesus able to sympathize with my weaknesses, but he also died for my sins, bearing the judgment for me, so that I need not be afraid. Old Testament from Genesis 19 and 20
0: By the time Lot reached Zohar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, He remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived.
1: Trust that in the end, the judge of all the earth will do right. God was going to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. We do not know exactly what their sin was, but the Lord said the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous. It appears from today's passage that their sin included a horrific culture of group rape. We read in Ezekiel 16 that their sins also included being arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. This could be a description of our own society in the West. God says that if there had been ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, he would have spared it for their sake. For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. He gave every opportunity for the only righteous people to leave. When Lot hesitated, the angels grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. The judgment on Lot's wife seemed very severe. Whatever the reasons for it, and I'm not confident I know the answer, it certainly stands as an example. Jesus said, Remember Lot's wife. We are not to look back. If we have left a life of sin, then we must not turn back to it. They were told, Flee for your lives. In the same way, we are told to flee from evil desires. Even Abraham was not without sin. Indeed, he repeated the same sin over again, trying to pass off Sarah as his sister and almost causing her to commit adultery. The message of the Bible is that not only does God save sinners, he also uses sinners. He blessed Abraham and answered his prayer. God uses us despite our sin because he's merciful and God in Jesus has taken the judgment upon himself. Lord, thank you so much for the difference the cross of Christ makes to the day of judgment. Thank you that I can be confident that in the end the judge of all the earth will do right. Pepper adds, In Matthew chapter 8, verse 6, the centurion pleads, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and suffering terribly. The centurion cared not just for his own family and friends, but also for someone that worked for him. Even though the centurion was an outsider, not part of the religious community, he went looking for Jesus. Faith can be found in all sorts of unusual places.
0: Let's respond to today's message about trusting God to put things right by praying. Lord, thank you that I can put my trust in you to put all things right. I ask today that you would build my trust by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray for injustices around the world. I pray that your will would be done in those situations. In Jesus' name, amen.